Hi there. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be an up-and-coming musician? Or maybe you just want to hear your favorite artists chat for a while. Either way, welcome to Tuned Out, your new favorite place to hear almost an hour of off-the-clock chatter from artists and musicians making their way in the scene today. I'm your host, Nick Weaver, and welcome to the show. Alright, hello and welcome to the uh, Tuned Out Podcast. Today with me I have Griffin Matthews and John Foley. Uh, Griffin, uh, last time that we attempted to record this and it failed horribly, uh, I described you essentially as a music contractor and John is in a, I guess, indie folk band? Is that... Um, I, I wouldn't call it indie folk, but I'm in a band, yeah. I have no idea how to describe your genre, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, but that was a nice concert. I ended up going... Uh, it was uh, last Friday, and uh, yeah, Milk and Honey, Love Like Ruby, uh, headline for you. That was nice. Or I guess, not headline, yeah, whatever the term is. You guys split a concert at uh, School Kids Records, and that was fun. So uh, introduce yourselves, give us your, your basic story, what you play, what you do, uh, aside from what I just said. Um, yeah, so my name is John Foley. Like you said, I'm in a band. I front John Foley and the Gutter Boys. Um, when did, the, when did I, that edition happen? The the name change. We had been talking about it for a while, and then it just happened on on stage <laughs> when my guitar broke or I'm sorry. the string broke, and I was the like, "Gutter you guys, boys, the gutter boys, yeah." Explain. Um. So I was, I was on the way to pick up the guitarist to get like an open mic, and I was late. He's like, "If you don't get this, if you don't get here, we're gonna be fired." And I was like, "No, I need this job." <laughs> And he said, well, if you don't get here, then we're going to be li- living on the streets. We're going to be gutter boys. I was like, oh, we're going to be John Flynn and the gutter boys. Because we were looking for a name for a while, and that came up. I was like, all right, I like that. Uh, we're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have some trouble changing that with Spotify, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, that's a whole, yeah, it probably will be easier, but. Yeah, we'll get into that get into later. That, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Griffin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Griffin Matthews, and kind of like you said, I just kind of do some freelance work. I play guitar and bass, and I do most of my work just mixing and recording, engineering currently. Um, I just kind of take any project that comes across my desk, and uh, I'm playing with a jam band now that goes nameless, but we have uh, some stuff coming out in the Windover magazine that comes out, I believe, yeah, in April. Yeah, the student publication, uh, art previews and such. Yeah, they're doing a release party in April for that. I know a few of our songs are getting played, and that's kind of the current project we have going now, so... Basically, yeah, like you said, just freelance mixing and audio work, basically. Right, and uh, you and I occasionally like jam together, definitely, uh, which do. is also worth mentioning. And you just got yourself a new Focusrite Scarlet. So I did, can... in fact, and uh, I am yet to get it out of the box. And we can do some distance collabs here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll do like a Patrick Carney and his uncle type thing. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are, as I will mention, uh, all united by our membership in the Wolf Tracks Music Group. Uh, I guess we'll call it student organization, uh, where we promote independent artists and such. I'm going to skimp on talking about that a whole lot because we got the gist of it with uh, DJ Iron Mike and SK. Uh, and we'll likely reiterate it several, seven other times on this podcast because <laughs> I'm just going to work through our entire club with artists and stuff since it's so much easier just to find them yeah. through there. But uh, yeah, we're all united through that. Um, that basically gets introductions out of the way. Um, let's move on to gripes and such, uh, where we will complain about anything and everything that's going on in the music industry right now. So anything that's pissing you guys off, last week, when we attempted to record this the first time, we talked about Spotify and how that's been cruel to you, Mr. Foley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll talk about that again. So Spotify Spotify has 
not wanted to put my music where it's supposed to be. I released an EP in September, the Premonition EP, under just John Foley, and went through all the digital distribution stuff. So it's out there, but it's on just a general dumping ground of John Foley, the page. I right, thought you it was, said there were like 40 different artists that all were under the John Foley name. Yeah, the main guy is some old Jesuit composers, so all the top tracks are like Christian compositions, and then there's like Broadway things that John Foley's have been credited to, and then mine is the newest release, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a cluster. The newest one tossed into a pile of garbage. Yep, pretty much. Um, so I've talked to the distributor, I've talked to Spotify. Right, and you said you were previously with CD Baby as your distributor, and now you're with ASCAP. Very briefly. So ASCAP is not a distributor. Now I'm with, I'll have to check the name, but so ASCAP is a performing rights organization. Right, I didn't mean to say uh, um, that as a distributor. I, I assume uh, that they are handling that for you, though, right? I don't know, ASCAP doesn't do anything uh, with the digital distribution. No? Mm-mm. That they seems like something do, that they would do. Huh. Yeah, they just do royalty collection on live performances and radio play. Interesting. So who is handling you now then? I am trying to find the site. It's a <laughs> British. Remember. It's a British. I don't remember at all. <laughs> um, it is a British uh, company. I know that. Do 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 do. We're, do, we're, we're do, real do. close here. Almost as got it. As soon as this email loads, loading route note. Route note. Route note. Yeah. Ugh. That's a terrible name. <laughs> What's the perk of that over uh, CD Baby? Um, the, I mean, they're all pretty similar. So this one, the free distribution is they take 15% of the royalties, but you can bump that up to a premium um, deal that you get all the royalties. And I think it's $20 to upgrade from, from the free to the premium. So if the EP, like right now, it's not making any money because no one's listening to it because it's on the wrong John Foley page. And there is no right John sure, Foley page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right now it's not making any money, so there's no point in me paying and getting 100% of the, of the royalties that don't exist. So right now they're being split, but if it were to pick up, then you could just pay the $30 and get all the royalties back. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would like to talk about uh, artist rights management for a second because we got into that for a while there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you are with ASCAP. Uh, there's also... BMI and uh, C... CSEC. CSEC, yeah, that handled that sort of thing. And basically what those are, are uh, for anyone that is wandering out there and trying to get into music, uh, you have your, your songs, you've got your copyright, you've got your, your, your property to protect. Uh, and those uh, companies will go out and look for people that are abusing that, uh, playing your music without purchasing a license, um, you know, Un- unlawful performances of it such as you know uh, somebody just ripping off your songs at a venue somewhere uh, and they will collect royalties for that uh, where appropriate so yeah you are with ASCAP right now um, what prompted you to go with ASCAP over any of the other ones um I don't so CSAC is invite only so that was not an option but BMI and ASCAP as far as I can tell they're pretty much the same thing they started as different when they when they were first established, BMI was for country and western, and ASCAP was like Tin Pin Alley songwriters, um, like big pop music. So ASCAP has still has a lot of um, pop songwriters, and they just were, I think they're the bigger bigger company. They have more connections, basically. Mm. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much summarizes up that, uh, that topic. Griffin, you got any gripes right now? Um, not too, too much. Uh, the John's whole 
ordeal with Spotify is kind of ridiculous. I really wish Spotify would be a lot more receptive to the artists they have. Um, other than that, you know, the industry numbers came out today, you know, double digit growth and like the last calendar year, and that's pretty much attributed to streaming. So streaming's here to stay. Yeah, no, it's not getting rid of it. Yeah, be it, be it Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, anything like that, SoundCloud Go. I mean, if anything, we've learned that even if you do destroy that that medium from like stuff like Napster and LimeWire, something else will pop up. Like the case with streaming, whatever is going to be the next one is, is, is there's always going to be some way to circumvent buying music. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and just law and U.S. code basically needs to catch up to streaming because there are a lot of issues with royalty distribution as it relates to streaming currently because the laws and the books apply to radio right now. And as far as U.S. is concerned, um, streaming is the same thing as radio. Mm-hmm. And for like you're saying with ASCAP, for every song that is written, there's an intellectual copyright and there's a performance copyright. And ASCAP does a really good job of collecting intellectual copyright, but there's they have issues collecting performance copyright from streaming services because there's really no law in the book that says you have to get paid for performance copyright on a radio, which is what the U.S. considers to be streaming. So it's it's a really it's a total rat's nest of legal issues they need to resolve. And right, which brings up the, the the issue that Spotify really only pays you an arbitrary amount and could absolutely not pay you for streaming. They they don't really have to if they don't if you don't if you don't ask Spotify to pay you they will not yeah and uh, so you need a same with Pandora any other site like that yeah and so you need an organization like ASCAP or BMI to um, step up and protect you yeah to basically lobby, lobby for you and ASCAP that's a I think a benefit probably over BMI's ASCAP ASCAP does a ton of lobbying in Congress and whatnot they are they're every day trying to get their agenda pushed through and that's not even a bad thing because artists not, need to, artists need case. to get paid. Yeah, so all not all lobbying is bad, but that's kind of my, that's kind of my, uh, I don't know. Your gripe of the day. My gripe of the day is the legal, U.S. legal code needs to catch up to streaming. That that darn that darn legal code and it's yeah. it's out of datedness. Uh, moving on, uh, I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Uh, a new segment called "Who You Been Listening To." Uh, I think that speaks for itself. What artists you been up with lately? Uh, concerts, etc. So. Two weeks ago, I went to South by Southwest in Austin. Right. We forgot. I yeah. uh, need to talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah. So South by Southwest is, the full thing is 10 days. Music is, I think, five or six, maybe. But it starts with film and interactive. So a lot of um, technology. There's a big trade show in the beginning where universities and all these other organizations like NASA is there showing off like what they're doing. A lot of 3D printing, a lot of virtual reality stuff goes on. And then, so that's like Friday to Sunday. And then Monday, Monday and Tuesday, the music really starts. And so I think the final count was 22 people that I saw over between Sunday and Saturday. And so I've been listening to most of them still. Um, my favorites were Dog Yop was my favorite. D-A-W-G-Y-A-W-P. They're a folk duo. with The guy plays a sitar. They're really tight harmonies. They're just a really cool band. Um, Temples is really cool as well. They're like, I don't even know how to describe them. They're like um, kind of groovy, like Beatles-esque. It's, that's a terrible description, but no, they're that, really good. That's, that's a terrible description. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm horrible at describing music, but yeah, I th- they're really good. Um, Powers, they're fun. They're a, a pop trio, I think. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of ego for one little band. 
What powers? I mean, like uh, a pop trio. Like, how does that even work? Uh, you know, it's yes. like you got a singer songwriter. There's not enough room for two singer songwriters, let alone three. So they've got uh, a guy on drums. The girl sings and plays bass, I think, and then the guy, another guy, uh, sings and plays guitar. And I don't know who writes the music. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I saw you also went to a Meat Wave concert. Who, I did. Uh, I did on accident. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. <laughs> I'm sad that you didn't like jump for joy like I would have. I, but. I didn't dislike them. It was just not what I was expecting. Which is fair. Well, I mean, I don't know what you were expecting from a title like Meat Wave. Oh no, we didn't even mean to go to Meat Wave. We were going to the to see the people after them. My friend hadn't set her watch back an hour because it was right, right after the the time jump. So we got there an hour early and we're hanging out. They weren't bad. It was just very different from what I was expecting to see. What were you expecting to see? We were going for a blues rock band called Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears, I think is the name. And okay, that's so uh, that's certainly a name. Meat Wave was. A lot heavier than what I was, what I thought I was walking into. Yeah, no, uh, uh, a wave made of meat certainly is uh, something more than uh, bears made of honey. So it's true. Yeah, no, they're like uh, garage rock, like aggressive garage rock. I love them. I recently reviewed one of their albums, but I can understand why it would not be your style, uh, especially given that I've heard your style before. <laughs> yeah, very different. Um, but yeah, anyone that you've just like listened to their album recently uh, that you really enjoyed. I would say Doggy Off. I listened to their album after I saw them live. It's really solid, just all the way through. Cool, cool. What about you, Griffin? Um, trying to think. In recently, um, a few couple of weeks ago, I think three weeks ago or so, I went and saw St. Paul and the Broken Bones at the Ritz, um, North of Raleigh. But the I was paying to see them. But the band that opened, or the guy that opened, this guy named Aaron Lee Tazjan that I had never heard of before. And didn't even know there was an opening act for the show, to be honest with you. But he uh, he came out in this like really ill-fitting zoot suit, and it was a three-piece band: him, a bass player, and a drummer. And he played guitar and sang. And Where uh, do you even get a zoot suit in I'd, the modern age? I don't know. It was like a metallic silver suit with he had a hat. It was it was insane. That sounds awful. It was I know <laughs> it was, but he uh, <laughs> he came out and I was like, what are we about to see? And he. He absolutely blew my mind. He did a, probably a 45-minute set that was kind of, um, if you want to, it's kind of like a blues rock, like rockabilly Nashville feel. Like, I would, if you want to put it like on the same kind of performance um, kind of parallel as like the Black Keys, but scale like the Black Keys style back 20 years or so. So it was, um, it was really, really good. He had a new album come out called Silver Tears last year, and I listened to that after I saw him, and I was thoroughly impressed. Um, so that's who, that's someone new that I have uh, discovered by accident. Um, other than that, I've been kind of, like my musical journey the last couple of months, has just been listening to a lot of older stuff that I never, like, that I've heard bits and pieces of certain albums, and I'm going back and listening to the entire thing. Like, this week I've been all about, like, listening to the Bob Marley discography, and like that's you know not new of course but that's something that's kind of new to me i never really went through it all so i'm listening like exodus uprising catch a fire all these albums that are just and all the live takes and everything like that and it's just you know like last week the week before that i did like all of rumors or all of uh, fleetwood max albums like rumors and uh mm. 
Yeah, so... God, I remember having to endure those on every car ride I know. as a little kid. My mom was a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, so she's proud of me for <laughs> going back and listening <laughs> to those. But that's kind of like my thing lately. I'm just trying to go through and listen to... And get my... And basically, I've bits and pieces I've heard from all these discographies and all these different bands, and I just haven't heard the full story. I'm trying to go back and like... um fill in the gaps yeah per se. yeah i did that with uh pink floyd i was gonna do it with uh led zeppelin but then i was gonna do it on youtube and they didn't have it all on youtube <laughs> and then i was gonna do it on spotify and i forgot so i'm i guess i'm going to do it eventually but uh yeah no um my uh my roommate actually we went into we went to uh we went to uh rise biscuits and donuts up in camera village a couple weeks ago mm. and he wore he, he's a huge pink floyd fan and he walked in with a as pink, is mr john foley over here yeah he walked in. He walks in with this Pink Floyd shirt on, the one with the um, the five women sitting there, and they all have the different albums painted on their backs. Yes, Mr. John Foley it's does in fact have that poster phone. in his room. <laughs> and anyway, the guy, the register says, if you can name three songs of Pink Floyd, he said, I'll give you your food for free. Wow! And I know exactly. That's a super That's, easy it's free a meal. Super easy, most easiest freebie ever. And he ends in my room and sat there and, and named his favorite three songs off of every album. And this is a man who can name, who can list off the every song Pink Floyd ever released in Did chronological order. Did he get extra order. free food? Uh, he said he should have gotten the chicken, but he didn't. He got the bacon, so he should have gone for the free food. Yeah, but he wow. got his he got his uh, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich comp though. But I bet that guy's never gonna pull that trick again. I know. I mean, like, that, I, one of the most celebrated like classic <laughs> rock bands ever, and you ask them to name only three songs. I've, I've never heard any. I've never seen anyone more knowledgeable of Pink Floyd too that he asked like this man can name. Literally every out al- every song in chronological order. It's so silly. It's unbelievable. And, oh man! But quick story about Pink Floyd there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I have been listening to uh, a lot more of Pine Grove. If you guys have heard of them, kind of like indie rock folk. I have not. Big obsession with WKNC, uh, or big obsession of WKNC for like the last uh, year or so within the music department. We had them come in for a couple of concerts and I just didn't get into them at the time. I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And they popped up and uh, popped up in my Spotify, like weekly discover. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this is good. This is good. Let me download all of this. So I've been listening to that and uh, waves has a new album coming out next month. So I've been really digging those singles. Uh, I don't know if you guys know waves. I've heard the name. I haven't heard a whole lot. They are beach goth. I'm doing like air quotes with my fingers, beach goth, which I don't really think is a genre. But that's what people call them, and uh, I call them garage rock and indie rock with like a sort of a beach twinge. But um, yeah, their new album's coming out. It's gonna be great. They've got three singles so far: "Daisy," which is just like the most addictive sounding song ever, and then uh, "You're Welcome" and "Animal," and those have been really, really good to listen to. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm on. And then I'm re-listening to some of the Shins because I'm going to their concert at the Ritz next month. So okay. yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Uh, I think we got that, unless you guys want to add anything. Okay, next segment, Tech Talk. Uh, what is your technological setup? John, this is your least favorite part, because you have almost no knowledge of your own setup, but let's go anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I'm embarrassingly ignorant about gear in general, but, uh, so I play an Ibanez guitar. I have a, uh, when I play out, that's what I play. It's an acoustic with a pickup in it. Then I have a Seagull acoustic guitar and a Yamaha Electric guitar. I should have looked this stuff up after it didn't work. <laughs> you had such a long opportunity. Yeah. Um, and the mic I use is a SM eighty six, something it. like You'll that. Eighty six. 
I have two numbers. Six, maybe it's 68. Who would knows? You, would you like to try SM58? SM56? Sure. Why not? Seven. Okay. <laughs> Let's throw them all out there. <laughs> um, as far as amps go, I use a, a cube amp, Roland cube amp, then I have a Roland PA as well. And that's about all I got. I have and a harmonizer. Not pedal. really into the whole digital audio thing. Uh, small selection of pedals. Oh, yeah. I'm. I don't use pedals, but I'm also just like doing rhythm guitar, so I don't do a whole lot of fancy stuff yeah, with that. You got it lucky. Yeah, I have the. I just find the rhythm and, and strum along. Whereas Mr. Griff over here has a nice bouquet of uh, technological gizmos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I try and keep it minimalistic, but not quite as minimalistic as John. But uh, I mean, as far as um. I don't think I even tried to talk about the bass setup when we talked about last time, but um, I don't have much for that. If I'm playing bass, I use a Squire bass from like. I mean, you really don't need a whole lot. You with really bass. don't like I, bass is just drums, but with like a pitch to it. The thing is, Squire makes such like underrated instruments, and they get they get so much crap because they're you know three hundred bucks, right? But they really are for the money. You're getting a lot. I use that, and then I use a um, I use like a discontinued model. Fender 200 watt, some sort of bass amp. I don't remember the actual model, to be quite honest with you, but it's long discontinued. But hey, it, discontinued amps are the best amps. Yeah, it's. I don't know if there's a reason it was discontinued, but I don't know. But um, anyway, for as, as far as my guitar rig goes, um, I use a Fender Stratocaster American from 2012. Um, I use, and going through the chain here, it runs into a Rogue compressor pedal that I bought at Guitar Center for like 40 bucks used. Um, I don't use a compressor really for compression. I use it kind of just to brighten up the tone. Second pedal is a full tone OCD, which I think is basically the best pedal you can money can buy in my opinion. What does opinion. that one do? That's an overdrive pedal. Oh, okay. um, it's either that one or the Ibanez Two Tube Creamer are probably the two like that's like the holy grail of overdrive pedals. But I think the OCD does a little bit more. I think it's a little more versatile. But personal preference and then i run through a boss d3 uh, i wish i had the dd7 model it's a digital delay um because the dd7 has a reverse effect on it but dd3 gets the job done and then i run all that into a fender 68 custom deluxe reissue um amp gotcha so okay that is what i'm running currently john you're squirming a little bit uh you mean you need to peel out yeah I do need to. all right you can go ahead and we'll just finish up here <laughs> with griff we can do that here see you later john yeah, thanks for having me. It was, oh, it was fun. Before you go, uh, is there anything you want to uh, announce or promote, I guess? Um, yeah, so we're playing a show. Griffin's Band is playing too. On April 7th is a Relay for Life Cancer Benefit in Carmichael Gym from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, I'm playing at 7.30. Griffin's set is to be announced. And yeah, I put out that EP back in September. You can find it on John Foley on Spotify. With on the, some effort. Yeah. <laughs> some nice Christian music too. And uh, if you could stand listening to me and want to like me on Facebook, <clears throat> follow me on Instagram. It's John Foley Music. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later, John. Sounds good. All right. So, Griffin, uh, was there any more tech that you wanted to go over? I didn't, did you say anything about your uh, sound setup for digital? No, we haven't dove into that. We can slow it down here a little bit, too. We're tearing through there. Waiting yeah, for... no, we're running through <laughs> topics now. Yeah. God, now that that other guy's gone, we can just <laughs> take it easy. Exactly. We can talk about stuff no one wants to hear technology but um anyway um so that was a guitar setup um as far as my computer system goes i run 
um, I run a Mac system. So I use Reaper, Ableton, and Pro Tools. Basically, are my three main DAWs that I yes you are all my work the only person i know that uses reaper yeah i mean reaper is reaper is a really really powerful doll it's basically a pro tools emulator for those who can't afford pro tools and pro tools first um is a little wonky i think i haven't used a whole lot of pro tools first but it's as far as you're looking for dolls in the same price range i think a 60 dollars for reaper is a really really good deal yeah uh wait it's 60 bucks yeah Oh, I thought it was free. It basically is free. Don't tell Reaper this, but if you um, <laughs> <laughs> if you go on to uh, Reaper's, I forgot their web address, but if you go and you download the product, you get like this, the only thing, you get the entire software for free, but it just gives you a nag screen after 60 days. Oh, like WinRAR. Yeah, like WinRAR, exactly. If, for those of you familiar with WinRAR, it's basically an unlimited free trial, and the only thing, you, only hoop you have to jump through is you have to deal with a nag screen that comes up every time. It's like, hey, it. would you mind buying this product? It's like, mm, and you say, no, I'm still later. evaluating it. And yeah, no, I'm still, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'll let you know in like seven years. <laughs> exactly. And my, it says like you can only evaluate Reaper for a limited time of like ninety days or something, and it says you've been evaluating Reaper for seven hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's literally what it says now. I opened it yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I should really get around to buying Reaper. You should really get around to using a better software. <laughs> it, I mean, Reaper does everything I needed to do and more. It's just, it's so, and all the reason I like it is because it's so lightweight as far as CPU usage. Pro Tools kills my CPU on my computer. My computer's from 2009, so I don't have a brand new Yeah, Mac. you got a piece of crap book. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Ableton doesn't kill it, but it isn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't run. It's not cleanly. easy. Yeah, it's not easy on the computer. But you Reaper, also get like a nasty amount of uh, delay. Yeah, that's Ableton's not without its issues, but Reaper is the lightest weight software I have found for recording. Besides Audacity, but Audacity is pretty much worthless. Except God, Audacity is not even good for what Audacity used to be good for anymore for me because it keeps crashing nonstop, and I'm just really? like, I don't. I, I could just open up Audition at this point. <laughs> I, honest to God, you could because like the only reason I've ever used Audacity is when I was recording like speaking parts for my Spanish class in high school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only no. time I've ever used Audacity. The go-to for, for like recording audio separate from video when you're in high school, you know, is Audacity because all like, computers had it. Yeah, just a little bit of Audacity, a little bit of Windows Movie Maker. That's what you're good for, you know. Exactly, and I I always wanted to be like, well, we could just you know get use GarageBand or something that had some <laughs> sort of power to it, and I don't know, it's. I don't know. I'm a Reaper fan currently. I mean, when I was in like middle school, I didn't even use Audacity. I used like the built-in voice memo app on the <laughs> Windows Vista or whatever. I mean, honestly, as long as you can like export files, you're yeah, pretty much as long good. as you can make an MP3, which Audacity can't do by default. It can't. No, you have to uh, download an extension. So it's just WAV files, basically. Just WAV. Good lord. I don't even know if it's WAV. Honestly, I've oh never even bothered. Gosh. Oh my god. Yeah, I've never even like poked around in Audacity. Yeah, I know how to do like three things in it, which yeah. is funny. Now, your actual uh, software preference for most things is Ableton. Yes, if I'm doing anything of basically any song that I do, mixing or recording, starts in Reaper, and it I do all the recording in Reaper, and then it I do starts in Reaper and it ends in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much where it goes, all my projects because 
Uh, whatever, but um, <laughs> they start in Reaper and they get recorded there and they get really, really basic processing, compression, EQ, all that stuff. And then I export them all to Ableton because Ableton's um, Ableton you can edit for time in ways that you can't do in any other program. Logic and Ableton are the two best for editing for getting everything, every single track you had on beat. That's funny too because you're also one of the only people I know that likes Logic. I I don't even use Logic to be honest with you. I've Logic is really, really confusing, and I also don't want to pay 300 bucks for it. So. Hey, man, Ableton's confusing. Ableton is confusing. but I mean, they're all confusing. I'm taking a class next semester to help me learn how to use one. John said that it wasn't a useful class, but we'll see. Oh, we'll see. I don't know. Um, they do some really complex stuff in there, like yeah. granule synthesis. I mean, that's not, <laughs> it's not really that complex. Uh, you're actually thinking of a different course that I took last semester, which was uh, with Dr. Washka, who is also my advisor. Uh, if you're at NC State, this is actually a really cool class to take. Won't necessarily help you with uh, digital audio workstations, but uh, it's called uh, Music Composition with Computers, where you learn about uh, just the very first elements of music composition with like the very first computers and the theory behind synthesis, like literally making your own uh, synthesized sounds. So it's really cool. Uh, it's not super helpful in learning how to make music that you want to make, uh, and you will have to make a very weird... Uh, Art Nouveau type of piece to pass the class, uh, which is fun, but probably not what you're expecting. But it is cool to take. I highly recommend it if you're just in into entertaining classes about music. But uh, the one that I'm taking next semester is making music using digital audio workstations. Uh, granular synthesis is something that we learned in that last one, which is just treating sound as having particles, uh, like granules of sound. Right. And so... Honestly, all it's good for is horribly distorting a piece. <laughs> like I, I've never heard it used in any context other than making like a, a simple beep turn into like. <laughs> I have never, I've never taken any of Wash's classes or any class other than EMA classes out of the music that department. That man is incredibly entertaining. Is uh, he? I love him. He's, is he the guy with the beard? He has a large beard and a bald uh, bald head. Okay, and yeah. He's in, pretty tall. In my arts entrepreneurship class I take with Dr. Beckman, he I just came from there actually. We he teaches the class before. So every time I come to class like fifteen minutes early, he's always there answering questions about interesting synthesis. And I try and eavesdrop on that and learn what I can, but Yeah, he's just a super cool dude. He's actually uh one of the celebrated computer music musicians uh from like all time. Uh there's not that many computer music people out there, honestly. Mm. There's like 15 to 20, they all worked at like Bell Labs and, uh, you know, German institutes yeah. and stuff. But Did he, not know. yeah, no, he's a celebrated composer, uh, award winning. He does a couple of showcases every year. Wow. Uh, so if you get the chance, it's always really interesting to check those out. Sometimes they're real weird. Uh, they're, they're always real weird. They're always real weird. But sometimes they're a little like on the edge of being not enjoyable. Most of the time you can get something from it though, I think. Huh. Um, and it'll be him and a couple other composers. Uh, not to bad talk him in any way. It's just not no. That's really be cool. Taste. I have a free few hours, so I'll probably take some of those classes. Yeah, no, highly awesome. recommend it. Um, God, I forget which music course code it was, but the one that I'm taking for digital audio workstations is 210. I haven't reviewed it yet. Uh, music composition with computers. You'll have to look that up. I don't right. remember. Uh, but yeah, that's what Dr. Wash. Yeah, I assume friend of the show, Sam Griffin, just did a whole like. Yeah. three-page spread in the technician about the music department. And yeah, I know he Samuel mentioned Griffin 210. From the technician, uh, editor of Features, uh, personal friend, uh, did a whole spread about the different music classes that we offer here at NC State. One of them, was, uh, both of the courses that we just talked about were in it, uh, discussed. If you want to pick up a copy of Tuesday's paper, 
or I guess whenever this comes out, if you want to pick up a copy of last Tuesday's paper. Probably available on the website. Yeah, it'll I be imagine. there. Just look for the cover with like the weird phonology diagram with a bunch of instruments inside the head. It's yellow. It's yellow. It's bright yellow. It's all yellow, <laughs> and it's got a black illustration. That's a much better description. Uh, okay. I think we beat that topic to death. Probably. Uh, moving on. Uh, venues galore. Now, it's a shame John can't talk about this, but we'll just say it for him and possibly make up some venues for him. Uh, this is where we're going to talk about uh, places that we have performed at and been to in the past while. Uh, obviously, I haven't performed at a whole lot because my band is still pretty young. But uh, you have recently performed somewhere, have you not? I did. Um, this is a few months ago, but we... This is not a music venue by any stretch of the imagination, but in if you go on your way to, to Camera Village from NC State, if you go up that road, um, there's a place, an art gallery before you hit Camera Village called, um, oh goodness, it is called the something with the word art in it. <laughs> it's called the something with the word art in it? I have no, I can't remember a thing for the life of me, but it has the big block letters literally out on the front lawn called, and it just says art. But it was a really cool art gallery where they have um, a lot of, they have a lot of like local um, displays in there, and they do a thing every, I believe, every like third Friday or something, where they have all these local artists from the community come in. And you can they sell anything from T-shirt artists to people who make jewelry to two D artists, three D artists, all these different you know mediums. And there's they did one of their third Friday shows there, and we played on the front porch. Um, me and a couple others, just kind of some poppy songs but it was fun and it was a really cool uh crowd who was really really receptive um to the arts that's nice that's yeah nice. so that was cool um that, that was kind of like that's a really unique venue yeah and you um, also just recently went to ritz right for a concert i did and not perform there but i was at ritz for saint like i said earlier saint paul and the broken bones and aaron Lee's tazjan and that was a really cool place i hadn't been to yet Yep, I'm going there for Shins. Uh, still yet to see what it looks like at all i've heard it's like on just a dirt path in the middle of it, nowhere. It is. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's like a backs up into like a target or something. Yeah, and like, like, <laughs> from the location, you would think, oh, it's just this crappy little dirt ho- dirt hut, but like it's actually a very prestigious venue. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's. I think I think it holds like 3,000, 3,500 people or so. Yeah, it's basically our version of the D-Pack. Yeah, it's uh, except nowhere near as nice. But <laughs> if you're talking like capacity-wise, yeah. yeah. Um, but... It's it's really cool. It's got it's kind of like got an industrial feel, and it's got like this balcony. That's a horseshoe shaped balcony that faces the stage. Which right. Is a really really cool. Yeah, like most of those memorial type colleges. Yeah, Lincoln Theater's the same way downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, Greensboro Lincoln. Memorial War Memorial Auditorium. Uh, that is a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, I recently went to WKNC's Fridays on the Lawn. Uh, which was last week, immediate, like the day after we tried to record this podcast the first time. <laughs> That's always fun. I uh, went there immediately after band practice, uh, which I want to talk about in a second because that was a trip. Definitely. But um, I brought our drummer with me. Uh, he he hopped in my car, and uh, two of the other guys were like, "Okay, we'll uh, we'll meet you there. We got to pick up something first. And the drummer and I get there about twenty minutes late, uh, but we still have time because it's a two-hour show. It's from five to seven, so we get there at like five twenty. And we sit there through most of it. We keep texting the other guys, like, are you guys going to get here? And eventually around like 6.15, they're still not there. We're like, they're just going to miss all of it. Yeah. They show up exactly four minutes after the lead singer came out and said, okay, we're done. See ya. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll all go to John's thing together. And so sure enough, they were like, yeah, okay, we'll go see John's show at School Kids. Did you guys get any practicing in? Oh, no, we practiced for like 
four hours beforehand. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. I'm, gotcha. I'm just going to talk about that in a second because that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But like, um, we immediately went to John's show and I just showed up with like a squad of people <laughs> rolled into school kids. I was like, hey, I brought Support. my friends. <laughs> I don't think John was very appreciative of me bringing like half of his crowd. <laughs> hey, I mean, he'd rather play to those people than play to nobody. Yeah. No, he, he actually did have a de- decent I'm showing. Sure. Uh, there were a good few people there that I did not recognize at all. Uh, only like two or three people from Wolf Tracks uh, that you know we already knew that came to support him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, while we would have liked the whole club to have been there, uh, it's certainly nice that his audience was made up of you know people that were genu- genuinely interested in yeah. this stuff. Definitely would have been there. I was in Wilmington last Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were interviewing for uh, for a job. I was. Uh, we will not discuss uh, in order to not jeopardize your chances, but hopefully that's going to be fun for you. Uh, but yeah, so. On to band practice. My ears have been ringing since that day, basically. <laughs> um, this was the first time we had our whole crew together. Uh, before, it was just me, the bassist, and our guitarist. Uh, and I do vocals and guitar. And we were, we were like, you know, screwing around, trying to get a feel for each other. But we, we, we started to come together, right? So we decided, all right, let's bring in a drummer. Uh, and we found some guy, some guy on Craigslist. And... We didn't realize at first, oh, he's got a guitarist that he's attached to. Like, he comes with the guitarist. There's no getting around that. That's odd. So we were like, okay, well, maybe we'll look for somebody else. But then they met up with him on the side without me because I couldn't come. Uh, it was too early for me. Uh, they met up with him and the guitarist, and they said, this is, like, the best mesh that we've ever had. This is, we'll just take another guitarist, like, no matter how crowded it'll be. So I was like, all right, I'm skeptical, but all right. We meet up on Friday with everyone there. So there's three guitarists, myself included, two vocalists, one bassist, and a drummer all packed into a tiny garage that's made even tinier by the fact that (laughs) there's just tons of crap in it. Uh, We have not enough outlets. We have not enough amps. And our PA system for the mic is a 10-watt amp uh, with the mic directly plugged into it. No power. Basically. For for at least for the PA. Yeah, and I can't move the mic too close to the amp and I can't turn the amp too loud because otherwise it's just a deadly feedback squawk. Feedback loop, yeah. I didn't have ear protection, which was a very bad decision because I was standing next to the drummer the entire time. And in a concrete garage too where it's just ricocheting off every surface. No one wanted to turn their amps down below 5, which is bad because I'm pretty sure all of us were rocking 40 watt amps. Good lord. If (laughs) If I don't have permanent hearing damage from that, I will be shocked. But, oh my god. I'm sure your neighbors loved it. Uh, one of my neighbors, thankfully. Yeah, well, whoever's neighbors they were. We were going to do it in my apartment, but we decided, no, 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 we, we better do it in the garage. That's a good uh, thing you didn't, jeez. Yeah, no, god, it was so loud. And then uh, we, we practiced for like two hours. The whole time, I was like, I can't hear my my own amp. Like, I can't. I have no idea what I'm playing. Because I have the most distorted amp out of anybody's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the most grunge on it, you know. And the other guys are like, yeah, I'm just going like some smooth solo riffs or... You know, just a very, very light bit of overdrive in mine. It's just like all fuzz. So it gets horribly, horribly, you know, tuned out. So I have no idea what I'm playing for most of the time there. And I keep trying to turn up and like I'm rattling my own eardrums. After like two hours, I'm like, I gotta have a break. So we all decide to go get Taco Bell. And it doesn't hit me how badly my ears are ringing until I get in the car and I'm like, what is this awful song on the radio? And I realize the radio's off, and I'm just hearing like the constant the, screeching, the screeching of my ears. Ear. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody's trying to talk to me from the back seat, and I have no idea what they're saying. And I'm like, well, shit. I guess we'll just go to Taco Bell and hope this turns out okay. <laughs> I'm gonna oh have to bleep out myself. Wow, that's a first. 
<laughs> I was I was wondering. I'm like, I didn't know we could curse on this show. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Okay. I'm gonna have to edit that out. All right. But yeah. Oh boy, that was just an attack. So I dealt with that until like Tuesday when it basically completely subsided, and now I can hear fine again. But wow, that was just intense. Hopefully this time I can convince the other guys to turn down their amps. So this, or... this was a rehearsal. This wasn't a writing session. I hope not. No, this was just us trying to jam together and get a feel for each other. I didn't do that at a lower volume because you can do rehearsals like on full blast and like when you're actually going out to play shows. And... I mean, it was just crazy. I was like, <laughs> this is nuts. Why is everybody so loud? Ear protection. Yeah. No, the drummer was lucky. He was the only one that was smart enough to bring headphones that would block out the noise. And I'm like, I should have done that. Yeah. I can't afford IEMs yet or anything Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going in with earplugs. So hopefully that'll come out better. (laughs) And I think we'll just convince everyone to start out on one and slowly turn up as it goes along. But oh, that was an experience. Dang. That is... Yeah. Don't want to cause hearing damage because that ends your... I mean, I already can't afford it. You remember Shep from Vanilla the Hunt? I do. Yeah, our our close friend uh, had to stop performing live because he lost so much hearing. Um, He still works with the band, but he can't be their their live act. So, I mean, I don't want to go that route, you know? No, that's a a horrible story. That's just, I can't imagine. Because that's like Vanilla Hunt's thing is performing live. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what they play for. They are a live band. Yeah, that's what they play for. That's the reason they are a band is performing live and... For Shep not to be able to do that. That's it's just miserable. It's really heartbreaking, yeah. But he's still able to write and be in the studio and whatnot. So yeah, which is not nice. all is lost. I think they're doing a new thing where they're all creating characters for a concept album. I don't know for certain, but I think that's really? what they're doing. Yeah, they talked about that in the interview that I did with them last year. Okay. Um, where they were like, yeah, for our next album, we're going to do a concept. And I was like, I thought they were joking. Uh, apparently, they might not be, though, that's- because... It's now like they, getting into like Gorilla's realm where you start like having characters for every Basically, because they uploaded a set of like headshots and Sheps had a painting held up in front of his face. Uh and they all had various <laughs> descriptions of like incredibly fake backstories. Uh and they had a dog that was their mascot. So that's I'm very interested to see what's gonna come of that. That's hilarious. But yeah. I haven't yeah, I hadn't talked to um I saw Shep at Cup of Joe the other day, but he was in a meeting, so I couldn't talk to him. But I talked to Jordan and uh, Mike a couple weeks ago. I forgot to ask them that what they were doing with Vanilla Hunt, though. So yeah, I'm gonna have to, to catch up with them soon. They'll probably be on the show before too long. So hmm. they're always very fun guests. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, we pretty much exhausted venues galore with what two that we had. The two that we had, yeah. Ooh. Um, music news. Moving on to that, we uh, the one thing that we have in mind already. Uh, Chuck Berry. Rest in Rest peace. In peace. Uh, was he like a huge inspiration to you? Yeah, for me, definitely. I th- he was not only an inspiration to me; he was an inspiration to a lot of people who inspired me. I mean, right. well, I like, mean, of course, like yeah. he basically started rock. It the influence Chuck Berry had on modern music is so, and it's really appreciated. I think it's even under underappreciated still. Right, like especially as far as like, um. Just like stage antics and whatnot, like him and like Taj Mahal, like jumping around on stage, doing the duck walk and all that stuff. That stuff was so cool. And it, it just the stuff Chuck Berry and I, you know, I listened to a lot of Chuck Berry and the day after he died, I went through basically and listened to, you know, 30 songs of his. And I just went through and I was like, oh, my gosh, this man was a, it like reminded me how good of a writer he was and how crazy, you know, in the 50s, this music must have been. Mm-hmm. And I would have, I would kill to be in that, you know, in that decade when that music was coming out. I wouldn't. That was a bad decade. But any any decade before this one is not a good decade. <laughs> I'm I, just saying in the way that like to 
for people to say like, wow, that like, like Johnny B. Good or like Maybelline is like so out there. And yeah, I mean, he you know absolutely like, was the father of the genre. He was one of the most influential yeah, people on so. the scene. I'm just saying, I'll stick with 2017, even though it's a little bit messy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to go back to life without internet. I don't, know, I don't think it'd be so bad if you didn't know what you were missing. I would know, though. Are we not discussing uh, a time guess, travel uh, situation? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, but anyways, the reason I ask if he was a personal inspiration is because he never, I've never been able to get into his stuff myself. Um, but I can appreciate the influence he's had. Uh, you know, I wouldn't listen to him casually, casually, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think that he is a godfather of the whole music scene that we, we enjoy today. You know, just about every genre that you can imagine that would have possibly sprung from rock or any related, like, yeah, guitar instrumental, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I'm a blues guy, like, through and through. So, that I mean, that's my where my influences come from. Right, and, and he basically inspired a lot of blues, too. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of, he wasn't like Delta Blues, he wasn't that early, but like as far as kind of making the jump from blues into rock, and then you kind of go further down the spectrum to Muddy Waters, or well, my was kind of before him, but it's, it kind of, you kind of follow all, you've kind of followed the progression of blues to rock, and he is definitely instrumental, in you know, like a huge stepping stone before you get to like, Zeppelin and like other blues influenced rock bands and then you right it spirals out of control from there but yeah I I saw Chuck Berry died in the news and I was like floored because he he was even touring I think I forgot I forgot how old he was when he died I know he was at least 90 90. yeah 90 and he was touring this year which is crazy is unbelievable to me and um he was about to put out an album too I believe I I assume it's I I was told this in secondhand, uh, secondhand. Uh, I so I need to fact didn't hear check anything this. about that. I know he was recording an album or something in the last couple of years or this year. I'm sure he was working on something. I don't think he had an album that was ready to release like I, David Bowie did. Yeah, I doubt that. I might be still in the works. Some I, I don't. Know, I heard that from somebody. I don't know the validity of that, but um, either way, rest yeah. in peace, Chuck Berry. Big news. Uh, there's really not any other music news right now. We're not, in a very boring musical yeah, period. We kind of are. I mean, I was skimming through the Billboard headlines, and there wasn't a whole lot. That came, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about releases, we can go into that forever. Yeah, there's always exactly. something new coming like, out. But there's nothing like, there's no big controversy right now. Yeah, as, no big... as far as huge releases, like impending, like Kendrick Lamar is going to release something in early April, that's... The biggest thing on the docket, basically, oh, for all of us. Good news for people who like him. Good news for people who like him, i.e., me. But um, not me. No, nah, uh, I understand where you're coming from. But no, I just don't care about the genre at all. That's fine. Not my thing. To each their own, but definitely. That's, I, I have so many friends in my group chat that are like, "Oh my God, Kendrick just dropped this bomb new single," and I'm like, "I don't, I don't get it." Yeah, it was, that single was weird. So I thought it was good, but I just thought it was weird, and I. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into a whole yeah, discussion no, it's about like it. like the one friend that's like, I love it. It's so good. He dropped a, a trailer for his new album, and I'm like, it's I don't know, it's a song. Yeah. It's relevant. In the, it's relevant in the sense that that's gonna be basically the highest selling album of the quarter, probably at least probably of the if year, not of the year. Yeah, unless there's something else coming out. I would I don't say know that about. Kendrick is probably one of the best selling artists right now. Yeah, if not I mean, the best. Uh, definitely of the genre. Beyonce definitely trumps him in terms of overall sales, but I don't think she's planning on putting out anything. I only yeah, mentioned her because it just popped into my head that the last big news story we had was that she had twins. Yeah, I think the most exp- <laughs> really the most exp- like I think the highest grossing artists currently are 
correct me if I'm wrong, if you add anyone here, is like Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Adele, artists like that. But yeah. Kendrick is definitely in that realm of a. Uh, Kendrick is in that realm of stardom. He yeah. definitely is. This is definitely at the top of the rap game, if you want to call it that. I mean, whether you like him or not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, are there any albums that you're looking forward to releasing soon? I know I talked about Waves that I'm incredibly hyped for. for. Uh, and Shins just dropped a new album pretty recently. Ooh. Albums, I'm... Ooh. Honestly, like, I am a big Kendrick fan, so the new Kendrick album is exciting to me. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the way... I was, like, somewhat underwhelmed by a lot of things I was looking forward to. Like, Run the Jewels 3 came out in January. I was kind of like, okay. That oh, yeah, that. I've been getting previews about that on the Adult Swim YouTube channel. Yeah, it was all right. There are some really good songs off it, but it wasn't any. Run the Jewels 1 or 2. Um, let's see here. Uh, the last rap song I was able to, like, get into was probably North North by Vince Staples. I love Vince Staples. He's got some good stuff. He's got favorite, some good stuff. Favorite rapper currently. And honestly, the only reason that I liked that song, or heard of it rather, was because of the Christian mom rant that kept going around Facebook. What was that? She was like, this song was on our top 40. My kids could have heard these lyrics. And she proceeds to read all of them without bleeping out anything. <laughs> she actually says the N-word. Does she really? Yeah, while reading off the song. And someone remixed it, so it just made it sound like she was rapping to the song. And it was so funny. Yeah, if Vince Staples was coming out with anything new, I... That is what I'm looking forward to because summertime '06. Be well, he just came out with um, good lord, what was it called? I'm terrible with album names. Uh, anyway, they came out with something last year that was pretty good. Summertime '06 from 2015 was jaw dropping to me. Mm. My favorite album of the year, probably. Um, so and that's a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but you know, fair enough. So. All right, I think, uh, uh, oh, wow, my tongue stopped working. <laughs> I think we've gotten just about everything covered. Uh, there's not a whole lot else to mention. Um, we could do Pimp Your Tunes, uh, but I don't think you have anything coming out, and I don't either, so. Yeah, John mentioned that I might be playing at Relay for Life um, on April 7th. Uh, might be. Might. We'll see. Um, might. Perhaps. Perhaps it will it be. Is, it is completely and utterly plausible. Completely and utterly plausible. Probably leaning towards the route of probably playing. But um, it'll either be around 4 p.m. in the afternoon or it'll be around 2 in the morning. I don't know. Who knows? Depends on what slot they put me at and what slot I agree to and what we agree to. It's not just me. I would but, honestly um, see you going on at 2 in the morning. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they give you. Yep. Yeah, wouldn't even mind that to be honest with you because the four o'clock opening is like the opening slot so yeah we'll see what happens with a half hour set probably mm. relay for life is cool it's like a all night party because cancer yeah. doesn't sleep and neither do that <laughs> so that's literally the slogan that isn't even my <laughs> I'll laugh at that oh my god i've been to like four of those and i've never heard that Have you? oh i read that up. Okay, like the organizer sent me an email, and that's what it said at the bottom. I assume that was a slogan. Either that or she's hilarious. I don't know, man, <laughs> but that's that, pretty good. That's pretty. It should be their slogan, if not. But um, oh man. Then again, you know, how often do you get the chance to play a four a.m. show? Exactly. That that's seems fun. like a once in a lifetime opportunity. That's fun. They got a good setup too. That'll be awesome. For so. some reason, I could see uh, Neutral Milk Hotel doing like a four a.m. show and oh, just yeah. killing it. <laughs> My uh. I had a coworker once, and my coworker's probably in his sixties, but um he went to a show at Winterland in San Francisco 
if you guys know who Winterland, what Winterland was, there's a venue in San Francisco. Dude, that I have was, no idea what that is. It was torn down. Um, there's some Grateful Dead shows that were shot there. Jimi Hendrix played there, and oh. a lot of a lot of really famous live albums were shot at Winterland. Okay, that would definitely be noteworthy. Yeah, so it's a it was a really cool place, and he said he was he was telling me a story about he was there, um, one, I don't know, day and or night where. They went in at like 6 p.m. and I forgot the lineup, but I know the Grateful Dead played like a six-hour set or something like that. Ugh. Like, and they they went from like 1 a.m. to like 7 in the morning. That's absurd. And they took breaks and stuff, but they just kept on playing. And like the promoters are outside serving breakfast to people outside the venue, like pancakes and eggs. <laughs> they, and they said it was like a 12-hour just drug-induced just night of insanity oh my god how do you even did people know what they were getting into i have no idea i wish i remembered the lineup too because it was like if somebody told me this band's gonna play six hours until like 7 a.m get ready i'd be like okay i'll prepare yeah exactly but if that just mentally like, prepare if a one hour concert turned into six hours and i was there until like 7 a.m i don't know if i could brave that i think by like 4 a.m i'd be like i gotta go exactly i'd be but breakfast was being served and you know you yeah. were too on too strung out to know that it was 6 a.m so i mean i guess so I mean, that's just crazy so so i was told by my co-worker who shall go unnamed do you think there was anyone there that was just so blazed out of their mind that they were like man this is just going on for a really long yeah. time huh? like probably six in the morning man must be like 11 p.m by now they've been <laughs> going for a while <laughs> <laughs> But um, he's like, man, I got work at at, at seven. I gotta be yeah. up early. And then it just it's like <laughs> nine. Yeah. So that's another funny, funny story. God, that's awesome. But, but yeah, hopefully I'm not doing that. And I would like some breakfast after I'm done playing, but <laughs> I will not be playing for six hours. We will not be playing for six hours. No, of course not. So. I can't imagine you have enough material to do that. No, we don't. <laughs> we could do freeform jams and stuff, but y'all just do one hear that. really long like jam song that goes on until the next day. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a six-hour version of Killing Floor or something like that. Or... <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I think that about does it. Thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Griff. No problem. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining me, John, who is no longer here in the studio. You're welcome. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> he is long gone. That will do it for this episode of Tuned Out. Make sure you uh, catch us on SoundCloud if you haven't already. I don't know. Share us on SoundCloud if you're listening on iTunes or whatever. I don't know what to say to conclude this. So we'll see you later. Bye. See you.